Welcome to the Dental Implant Podcast with your host, Pav Kara, your source of knowledge for all things relating to dental implants. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something valuable. I hope. Dr. Pav Kaira, back again for the third time from the Dental Implant Podcast. Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm very good. How are you doing? Uh, amazing. And last few times you came on, you, you really busted some myths and you helped us to understand some basic things. Can we probe implants? What happens when an implant uh, is, is bleeding, the soft tissues are bleeding? How can you tell if you're too worried or not? So you cover these really fundam- fundamental topics. And guys, if you haven't listened already, uh, listen to those. And of course, we had you on for finding your niche in dentistry. So you've yes. done some pretty big topics. And when this topic came along about flapless implants, which is what we're talking about today, and uh, I can't wait to dig into that. But just for those people who haven't listened to that those episodes, yet and I will urge them to, to check out those episodes so right now those watching on YouTube the thumbnails will be flying up you need to listen to those previous episodes uh, to, 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 to really appreciate all the wonderful things we've covered so far but just tell them about your week-to-week day-to-day dentistry that you're passionate about Jazz firstly thank you for having me back again secondly I, all, all I do is place implants that's it I don't do anything else so what's the best way to frame it is an average implantologist an average busy implantologist they're, they're quite happy to place 200 implants per year. I'm very fortunate to be in a position where I'm placing about 1800 to 2000 implants per year. Um, So, you know, I've my, in the last few years, you know, my, my experiences has gone up significantly. And I say that from a point of being humbled because I thought I knew what I was doing to start with. And then you start placing that volume of implants and it's just like, well, actually, you know, this is a different game. You got to relearn your skill set. So uh, I I see the crazy and amazing, you know, life changing transformations that you do on our telegram group you know so good at posting oh, those yes. and the radio graph before and after and so if you're a little bit averse to blood probably don't look at those posts from uh from Pav, but they're, you know they're, they're, he'll show you anatomy that you never knew existed he'll show you what the pterygoid plate looks like he'll show you all this cool stuff but the, the basic stuff as well which you cover so well uh, so it's been great on the telegram group to see your cases yeah i mean you've seen some of my uh, zygomatic implant cases you've seen some other cases where you know, patients have been in dentures for 40 years. There's no bone left. And we have to think outside of the box a little bit. And we showed you that case where, the, you know, the mandible had atrophied, where it was only 11 millimeters in height. And we were placing 10 millimeter implants. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I get to see some crazy stuff now and again. And uh, again, it's, it's just transforming people's lives. It's just, you, you can't put a finger on it. It's, it's just, it's just amazing. It's fantastic. I can see that in the in the post-op portrait photos, in the eyes of the patients, the, you know, the kind of work you do is very transformational. So it's great to do any part of that and to see that. And today we're covering uh, flapless implant courses and just, just technique of flapless. And the, the position I come from, Pav, is as a position of being a cynic in the sense that a few years ago, I started noticing all these like pop-up courses. Now, I don't place implants, right? But I, I'm very keen restorative dentist, so I, I refer out to colleagues who do place implants. But then I did see a surge in courses saying, hey, you you don't even need to be able to raise flaps to place implants, flapless implants. And I'm thinking, my, my worry, Pav, was are these courses being set up because they recognize that dentists who don't who, who don't raise flaps, who can't raise flaps, this will be an easy lure to get them in to implants. Uh, is that what it was? Or is flapless a valid technique? I know it's a big level question. You're probably going to break it down, which you're very good at doing. But that's the yeah. position I'm coming from. Is it is it a fad or is it a thing? So let let me spin this question around for you. So if something sounds too good to be true, it's normally too good to be true, right? So there is a position for flapless implants. And here's the key. In the correct circumstance, they're fantastic, 
Okay, there are a number of uh, of courses available now where it's it's very much. As you said, you don't have to be able to raise a flap. Uh, we will do it guided. We will plan it for you. All you have to do is a tissue punch, and then you you use the guided system, and then you place the implant. That's it. Jazz is really not as simple as that, right? It's um, <clears throat> you need you need a certain amount of bone volume around implants. You need a certain amount of soft tissue around implants. Not only do you need a certain volume of soft tissue, you need a certain quality of soft tissue as well. And if you're doing flapless, you may you may end up having just enough soft tissue, and, and then you, you do a tissue punch, and all of a sudden it's gone. So what do you do then? Because you're, you're immediately on the back foot with this case. This, pay, this case is likely to start sliding backwards really quite quickly. And here's the other thing as well, is what do you do if the guide doesn't fit? You know, mm -hmm. then what? You know, there's, there's, there's a say, when you get into that implant ecosystem, when you get into that implantology world, once you start doing a number of cases, everybody says the same thing. Guided surgery is great, okay? It's really, really good. It's got a great position in implantology, but you should not be using guides unless you can place freehand. Because what happens when your guide doesn't fit, you're then relying on the, this, what's in between your ears, and you're relying on your hands. Uh, see, as, as a non-placing uh, dentist, you know, I didn't even occur to me that, you know, you could put, you know, just like, obviously it's acrylic and whatnot, so there's a chance it might not fit or a chance that the, the measurements are skewed or whatnot. Uh, and, and so it makes sense to me now thinking as a restorative dentist. But you're right, if that doesn't fit, then your whole plan is, is gone. And therefore, you need to be able to pivot onto a plan B or a plan C, which is where I guess you need to have the knowledge and skills beyond just this one way of doing it. So I guess my next question is, what percentage of implants do you place that are flapless, and maybe because you're different, I, you know, what percentage of implants do you think are amenable to flapless technique? I'd say about 10%, mm -hmm. which, is, which is quite low. And the reason for that is quite simple is there's really good data nowadays that you need a good band of keratinized tissue around implants. But in addition to the good band of keratinized tissue, it needs to be about two, two and a half millimeters thick. And in a lot of areas, particularly in the mandible, there isn't enough soft tissue height in order to achieve that two to two and a half millimeters, okay? Then it goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago. If you do a tissue punch, whatever was there, all of a sudden you've gotten rid of. So when you don't have enough tissue, there are a number of tricks that you can use to increase the thickness of the tissue, but you can't do that with guided surgery. Now, you won't have any significant problems with it in the short term. In the short term, it's going to be fine because you're like, wow, this is easy. What is everybody complaining about? All you do is tissue punch, place the implant and put it, put it in through the guide. That's it. But what happens, Jazz, is over a period of time, let's say over about, it's the medium term that you start to develop problems, right? So probably about three, four, five years down the line, that's when you start to get um, uh, 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 the, the early uh, the early stages are kind of like peri-implantitis and you're getting it for all, no other reason than you don't have enough soft tissue around it now there but are by, by that you mean like a cuff of keratinized tissue 
Cuff or keratinized tissue, yeah. So you need you need a cuff or keratinized tissue, but it needs to be about two, two and a half millimeters thick. Now there are so many factors involved in this, right? It's down to the restorative material that you use. It's how you do your osteotomy. It's, uh, you know, how, how long you wait for it to heal. It's how you deal with the connection. Uh, it's how your lab work is processed. It's how your lab work's cleaned. It's how, uh, how everything's fit together when it comes back from the lab. There's many, many factors that are involved in this, but a very big factor is good quality and good thickness of soft tissue and without that good quality and good thickness of soft tissue which you can't always achieve with flapless is you, you're starting to ice skate uphill and it's it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna go south so when i see people out there where they're turning around and say oh just do everything flapless it's, it's not the right approach now as you can appreciate when you do an immediate placement quite often that is flapless um but it's it's still a different skill set, and, and perhaps just because of the you know some students or younger dentists uh, who you know just new to the term of immediate placement. I know for you it's, yep. it's, it's something that you're very familiar with. Define immediate. So immediate is basically take the tooth out and put the implant in straight away. It's, it's a little bit more intricate than that because it's like, oh, it's within a certain number of days and weeks. But let's just keep it simple. Tooth comes yeah. out and goes straight in case. So there's a, t there's, there's a tick box that's, that I'm looking at in my mind. Uh, so once the tooth's out, I'm looking at a number of parameters. And I'm going tick, 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 tick. Okay, let's put the implant in. If I'm going tick, cross, cross, it's like, you know what, I'm just going to do delayed placement in this. So the term immediate implant is the, the implant goes into place the same visit that the tooth comes out. And what's the benefit of this to the patient? It's a shorter overall treatment time because then you're not mm -hmm. waiting for the site to heal. The downside to it as a surgeon is it's much trickier to do because you've got less bone to play around with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your implant positioning needs to be pinpoint perfect. You can't do that with a guide. Not, mm -hmm. not always anyway. And, and so in those cases where you, uh, do, you know, do immediate, what percentage of your cases do you think, maybe not your cases, but because I know you do so, so much varied work, but the average GDP, what percentage of their cases do you think they're able to do as an immediate technique? I think an, an immediate, so the immediate technique is not actually an easy technique to do. It's, it's quite advanced. So I always say to the people that I'm mentoring, the people that I'm teaching, is just start off taking teeth out, wait for it to heal, and then put it in. As your skills start to expand, then you start to do immediate implants. Because what you're going to notice, as soon as you start immediate implants, your failure rate is going to spike because you're not used to doing it. But mm -hmm. like everything, persist. this is something we've spoken about before, building muscle memory, okay? Is you persist with it, keep learning, it's a new technique, and eventually your, your failure rate will start to come down, your success rate will go up. So how many uh, um, cases do I think the average GDP could probably do immediate placements? Probably about 40%, 50%. Oh, wow. So once they built, you know, once they got their first few, uh, yeah. first dozen cases uh, you know, under their belt and they waited for the correct healing and follow the protocols that are a bit more basic and then they start pushing their boundaries a bit. And then eventually, once you have a lot more experience, you think about 40 percent of uh, implant techniques are probably suitable or meet the criteria for immediate placement. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my immediate placement is much, much higher. I probably pushed to about 90%. But then wow. I know I know how to deal with cases where, you know, the textbooks say, oh, it's not suitable for an immediate placement. But I know techniques where you can really quite predictably do an immediate placement. Do, do you always get it right? No, that's the nature of what we do. But that's, that's true in every single field. But it, again, again, it comes back to just a stepwise progression in your skill set and your career and your understanding and your knowledge. You know, we all started as novices. You know, there was one point in my career, I was just like, 
I am never going to place an implant in my life. I hate surgery. And here I am. <laughs> my day doesn't start until I cut somebody open and they start bleeding. You know, so it's, mm -hmm, it's, it's been a fantastic, it's been a fantastic journey for me. Yeah, you. I, I always knew you when I when I was like a dental student. I was like early years, and you were like the occlusion restoratives, uh, TMD splint guy. And, and I've seen you. Uh, you know, you did the masters, and you've been on all these courses around the world. I've seen. I've seen you. And I've been following your progress. And now the volume of implants you're doing has just been. You, know, you really leaned in, gone in. As we discussed in that episode about finding your niche and how you yeah. really went uh, all in on it. And, and you know, hats off to you and uh, lots of admiration for that. So I think any it's a great example to anyone who really wants to commit to to one field. But let's say. Uh, a young dentist wants to, as we do, at some stage we have to then consider is implant dentistry for me and we realise that, okay, undergraduates, you can barely place a crown yet, let alone think about implants. So once you've got your basics, your fundamentals, where does the basics of surgery come into it, Pav, you think? Because I now, I'm, I'm happy to raise a, a flap. Yeah, my flaps aren't brilliant compared to an oral surgeon, but I'm, for a GDP, they're pretty good, I think. Uh, and I, I can section elevate, so I'm very comfortable with that. I'm happy to even post videos of that, which I, which I do on YouTube, so I don't worry about that. I am now in a position where if I want to do implants, the surgical bit doesn't worry me or scare me like it did maybe four years ago. So if you're that young dentist who is considering implants, what advice would you give to him? Would you say, go down the path of, learn, go on oral surgery course first, learn how to take out teeth, learn how to raise flaps, lift periosteum, suturing, and then go on the implant course, or go on the implant course where, my, where you might then learn those surgical skills as well? So the, the answer to that is, is, is either or. You can, you can do either or. Um, probably the easiest way to do it is to, get, is to get some surgical experience first. But I know plenty of people who've gotten into implants and they've, and they've just learned the surgery as they're going along. Here's the key make sure you have a damn good mentor to show you how to do it properly, okay? So I, unfortunately, I have um, a couple of people that I was mentoring and I stopped mentoring them because, because they, they weren't following instruction, right? And I was saying to them that this is, you know, so what we do in implantology, whilst the core skills are the same, how you execute it can be slightly different depending on the case. So periodontal surgery is not the same as implant surgery, it's not the same as oral surgery, although the basic tools may be the, may be the same because your designed outcomes are different, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it, you're executing treatment based upon, uh, based upon um, uh, uh, what, what your desired outcome is. So what I always say is that, look, if you want to get into implants, don't let anything stop you, but understand it's not a, you do a quick course and then that's it, you can do everything. So, right, here's a mistake that I made when I was younger, right, is when I did my first implant course, and this is one where you go for uh, one day a month for 12 months, right? is the guy who was teaching me used to do a lot of all on four. And what I used to do is I used to go to his practice, I used to sedate his patients because I wanted to watch do all on four. Because as you're learning implants, you think, wow, this is the sexy stuff. This is the, the pinnacle. The pin this is the pinnacle. <laughs> and then you start doing yeah. all on four and you realize it's not the pinnacle, <laughs> not even remotely. And uh, not only that, but it's not as easy as what it looks like as well. There are some people out there who make it look easy, right? And so this is the mistake. My third solo implant court, my case by myself without a mentor, I decided to do upper and lower all on four because I'd seen it 15, 20 times. I was like, that looks easy. And can can um, I just point out to everyone who doesn't know Pav, uh, I, I know Pav a little bit, a little bit better than you, someone who might be listening. Uh, and I know that um, you know, Pav's the kind of guy who in his first year at dental school, he was like, 
he, you know, he did a full mouth rehab, right? And yeah. he, you know, he, he, you know, I, I know, I know your story. So like, uh, Pav is really good at, you know, he, he's a massive geek, huge amount of knowledge, and he is, you know, not afraid to implement. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. And the deal that I came up to with the patient, because I said to the patient, I said, look, I've done an implant course. I haven't placed many implants, but she, because she couldn't afford the treatment. And I said to her, I'll do the treatment at cost for you, which was £7,000. Now, the treatment the treatment was supposed to cost £36,000. So for mm-hmm. her, it was an insane discount. So I did the treatment and it went wrong. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to fix the case. And I had to then ask a mate of mine to come in and fix it. And he was like, fine, I don't mind doing it. It's going to cost you £32,000. So I had to pay that out of my own pocket to fix wow. that. Yeah. Well, you did, you did right by the patient, and I, and I admire and respect you for doing that because you have to. Right when that kind of stuff happens, but the, the, the lesson you learned the there was lesson. you need, yeah, yeah, it's, you need that mentorship uh, for yeah. those early cases, right? Yeah. So, and, and this goes back to what I was saying is with the right mentor and with the right person just guiding you, they should be able to actually make the process really easy. Because to be honest is if you've got, let, let's say an, an upper five or an upper six, an upper, uh, an upper first molar in a healed site where there's plenty of bone, right? Is in those cases, they're, they're the ideal cases. They're out of the smile line. There's normally plenty of bone. Is It's really easy in those cases to teach implants because it's just like, right, we'll show you how to do this. And what happens is four or five cases in, you start to pick up the nuances of it, like how to hold the blade, which uh, which blades to use, which, uh, and you, your instruments are important as well, right? Is A lot of people are using the, the wrong instruments. And if they're using wrong instruments, you know, I had a, I had a mentoring with, with, with a gentleman, I did virtual mentoring with a gentleman from the States, and he was having a lot of problems because his kit was old and worn. And I said to him, first thing you need to do is buy a brand new kit. He bought a brand new kit. I told him exactly what to get. Half of his problems went away just with decent instruments. Mm-hmm. All of these things play a factor. All of these things play a role, but you don't understand it until somebody shows you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in, in, in that vein of how do you find that person to show you? So a you know, question is, where can you find implant mentorship? Now, I do want to talk about uh, the, the cool plans that you have. And I'm very yeah. excited to, to read about that. And I want to learn about that. But uh, And then that's something I know is going to be having an international reach and stuff. But if you talk generically, how do you identify a mentor in the implant world? And then and please tell us about your mentorship services, because I know that they're, they're very prominent. Like you said, you, you teach that guy in America. But I know you've got really grand plans as well. So firstly, what I always say is the, the people that I mentor, I'm very picky and choosy with regards to who I mentor. So I'm not, I, I, I don't get on well with people who kind of like want a cookbook approach. Um, I like people who think and want to be challenged and are prepared to put in the work because because that's exactly how I was when uh, when I was younger. And I think that you can't really teach this type of stuff if you're looking for a cookbook approach. Because if you look at any one single scenario, there's there's probably seven different ways to do it. So you need to think, well, if I do it this way, what can potentially happen? And then if that happens, how do, how do I fix it? So I only, I only really mentor very select people who think. So uh, my mentoring works in a number of ways. Either people bring their patients to see me uh, or for a day rate, I will go to, go, go to their practice. 
but it's, it's easier for them to bring their patients to me because for, for me to get a day in my, in my diary is, is we're booking mm. a few months ahead. But it's, it's I mean, it, th Those are the most common ways because I know yeah. a few of my colleagues who've gone down the implant uh, path and they've done very well. But in the early days, uh, I, from, from memory, they pretty much made not much money on, on, on the first yeah. few cases because all that money was going to the mentor. But the experience they were getting was, was, was worth it because then five years later, they can do those cases and much more complex with the okay. experience and knowledge that they gained, right? So, so what ends up happening is you, you pay to learn in one fashion or another. This is something we've yep. said before, right? Is you either pay your mentor to show you how to do it, and when you do it that way, you'll avoid most of the pitfalls, okay? Or you don't pay your mentor, you have things go wrong, and then you've got to pay out of your own pocket. Of those two scenarios, one leads to a happy patient and another one leads to an unhappy patient. Well and having to pay out of your own pocket for an unhappy patient, it's really not worth it. And the, the issue is as well, Jazz, is, is there's a lot of times that people, people want you to think it's easy and it's cheap getting into implants. It's not. Like everything, it's a journey, right? You're not going to do a two-day course on endo and be as good as what a specialist is. You're not going to do a, a, a six-day certificate in perio and be able to do what a periodontist can, right? But if you put, but nobody was born with these skills. It's all learned. It's all trained. It's all mentored. So if you're prepared to put in the work, if you're prepared to to execute the steps properly, everything can be taught. Absolutely everything mm -hmm. can be taught. And then going back to what we said before, is a lot of dentists is uh, it's just a matter of approaching people for for mentorship. You know, is unfortunately there's a lot of people uh, who don't want to. It's just like no. And then there's other people like yeah, fantastic, come. And sometimes the the best way to 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 start the mentoring is start the restorative process first. Mm -hmm. And uh, for 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 a busy implant practice, um, they love it when you want to restore. Because mm -hmm. as an implant surgeon, I I do the restorative as well, but I'd rather not because you end up just mm -hmm. I, I hear yourself. that all the time from surgeons. It's yeah, um, it's part and parcel. Do it really quite happily, but it'd be better if I was just placing and get. So if you went to like your local implant center and you know approach them, you know, can you train me? Can you show me how to do uh, restorations? And then you get proficient at that. And then what happens is once you understand how to restore, you'll understand how the surgical feeds into that. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you ask them whether if you do a course, they'll mentor you for, 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 for some cases as well. It's just reaching out to enough people and making sure that you're happy with the quality of what they're doing as well. And that's the issue is as a novice, it's hard for you to gauge what's an appropriate standard. You know, but I, I love that tip you gave to, I think, anywhere, any dentist listening in the world right now. If you identify the person you probably refer to already, and uh, yeah. they probably have the same problem as you, uh, Pav, and that you know they're so proficient in their surgery and they 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 really learn all these techniques to develop their surgery, but then the restorative is like, okay, fine, I'll do it, but like I wish there was someone who, who I could just give this to. So that's yeah. a great stepping stone. The other things that we covered is it's good to have some basic surgical skills, but if you don't, then find the implant course or mentorship, which has been the key theme for all the episodes that we covered. But but mentorship is what's going to save you from those expensive mistakes, and I appreciate you sharing sharing your expensive mistake and how mentorship and perhaps too soon you, you started to go solo. So yeah. um, with, with that in mind, pl please let us know because I, I know you've got something pretty exciting uh, coming. I'd love for you to, to share with yeah. the Petrusrati in terms of a course, a structured course that's yeah. going to have some uh, sort of um, a graded system and approval from the higher powers in terms of uh, this being, you know, I mean, that takes a lot of work what you're doing. I appreciate that. But to, to actually huge make amount. a curriculum, huge. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so it's... You know, I've I've taken everything that I've learned from 
my amcrin dentin implantology, all of my mistakes, all of the courses that I've been on, because you end up with problems uh, in implant dentistry. And you go, oh, I'll go on that course. It'll teach me everything that I need to know to resolve that problem. But it won't teach you everything. You know, it might reduce your problems by 20%. And then you've got to go on another course, on another course, on another course. And I've just taken all of that and I've put it into a structured program, which I'm actually going to release online. And it's going to be modular. So there will be a basic module, there'll be an intermediate module, and then there'll be a, a mastery uh, level module as well. And my aim is to take all of my knowledge that I have up here, cut through the marketing BS that there's a lot <laughs> of, not just in implant dentistry, but across dentistry as, as a broad. There's a lot of, oh, well, you know, if you use this, it will make everything 1% better. And all of a sudden that 1% is a good. So I'm cutting through all of that. And I want to give all of my knowledge that I've gained over the years in a succinct uh, course as possible and the reason why this is important for me is it actually goes back to um, it actually goes back to a promise that I made myself for my grandfather um, because I was very close to my grandfather as, as I was growing up and in his later years I'd qualified as a uh, as a dentist and I mean he lived into his 90s um, but he, I remember a phone call that he said to me he asked me he said, Sonny said, if I come out to see you, can you give me fixed teeth? And this was before I was placing implants. And I said to him, no, I, 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 I don't know how to do that. And he went quiet because he got upset. And then when he spoke, I could hear that the, the hope had just gone from him. <laughs> and that's when he told me something, which even to this day makes me upset. Is he turned around and said to me, he said, I can't eat with the family. He said, I've got to take my food into my room because I can't wear my dentures. I take them out and eat by myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm so embarrassed about taking my teeth out. He said, that's why I asked you if you can give me a fixed teeth. So I never got to help him, but I made a promise that I would help as many people as what I possibly can. So for me, that promise is helping patients directly, but also helping patients indirectly. How do I help patients indirectly? Well, that's easy. I train other dentists how to do implants as well. And for me, mm -hmm. I do that all of, in, all of in his memory. And I can't do that by withholding information that's up here. You know, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't do it. Uh, okay, well, we'll do a little bit of a course because, you know, I only want you to do the easy stuff because I want the referrals. I have to give 100%. So this, is, this has been my philosophy when, I, when I've been building this course. I really, really want to make this an absolutely phenomenal course. And um, I am in the process. And like you said, mate, it is not easy because there is so much paperwork involved. There's a lot of white tape to, to get through to, to get the correct uh, sort of grading for for a, for, a, for a, you know the proper curriculum and the course behind it. But I mean, for me, that, the letters have, I mean, it's, it's great that you're pursuing the letters. But me no. and you both would agree that the, the letters is not so much in, as in terms of uh, the implementation of the knowledge and how how you can actually start placing implants, right? Because because yeah. Pab, I'm sure you know so many dentists who've been on implant courses, and they just placed one or two or just never did and they just fizzled out and it's only maybe uh, someone said about one in eight dentists actually goes on a course that actually really you know uh, flies afterwards and starts placing implants so uh, what do you think is the secret source to, to, to make make a course like you are and I'm sure this has been at the very front of your mind to make sure that a dentist is able all the dentists are able to implement as much as possible so I, 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 th I think the secret source is, is building real confidence and making sure that you're exposed to enough surgery so that you can actually build that confidence. 
So for me, a big issue is a lot of the information that's given in courses is not succinct. It's a bit wishy-washy. And a lot of people come out confused at the at the end of it. You know, so it's, I'm not saying, I'm not, please understand, I'm not bashing courses because the vast majority of them are, are actually pretty decent. But what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about trying to, you know, I, I don't want to be sponsored by any one implant company because then, you know, you, because if you're sponsored by an implant company, you kind of have to be nice to that implant company, right? Whereas I want to I want to be able to give people the, the critical thinking so they can think to themselves, okay, let's look at this implant system. What's the pros and cons to it? How could it work? Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, Jazz, the vast majority of implants work, but how you execute them is a little bit different and subtle depending on the implant if that makes sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you need to understand the overall principles that if you choose this implant system you can execute it correctly if you choose this other implant system you can still execute it correctly and that comes from knowledge and that's mm -hmm. again that, that's the reason why i want to give as much information as, as as what i possibly can in this course which i'm aiming to get eduqual verified but that's not an easy process to go through. Yeah, and, and like I said, you know, that's not as important as it, and it's good that you're doing that, but it's not as important as uh, just like just like you said, giving that secret source to get people to, to implement. And just so you said, it's about giving uh, confidence. So yeah. if, if anyone's interested, how, how do they learn more about your online sort of modular content? So the online modular content, I've written it. I'm in the process of, uh, of recording it. Um, it will probably be ready to release in approximately six months time, approximately. Mm -hmm. okay. It just depends on jumping through hoops with EduQual and there might be a few tweaks to the, to, to the course content. What I am doing is because obviously recording a course is not cheap as well. I am for a very, very few people who are prepared to sign up sooner rather than later. I'm offering a ridiculous discount on the course. And I'll message that over to you later, Jazz. But mm -hmm. basically, it'll be, it'll be a cheap way to get into get into implants, basically. And the proviso is really simple, is you pay now, which allows me to record and edit the videos, and you just wait a few months for the for, for the videos to come out. Because once those mm -hmm. videos are going to come out, then there, there's not going to be any discounts after that. Because I know what I've got is, is going to be good. And uh, so, I, you know, I've, I've I've taken everything. I've I've sent it to friends who place a lot of implants, and they've looked at it and they go, well, "Can we do the course?" I was like, "What are you going to gain from this?" And they're like, "Well, it's more yeah. than what I learned on my master's degree." You know? Is this so, for like beginners as well, like for beginners? If you're a complete novice, never placed an implant, yes, you can do it. The mentoring separate, uh, but it will give you because theory is theory, right? You can learn that online. You can learn it from textbooks. I'm going to make it as succinct as possible. I've got a number of guests coming on to to, to talk about their niche topics as well. So if you've never placed an implant in your in, in your life and you want to start, absolutely. If you're already placing implants and uh, you want to up your game. It's all, it'll also be suitable for you. Now, if you're placing a reasonable number of implants and you wanna start doing more complex grafting, you wanna to start to get into sinus lifting, you wanna do more aesthetic work in the anterior region, it's gonna be for you as well. So I've, I, this is why I've split the uh, the course up to be modular. So mm -hmm. there's, a, there's what I call a gateway module, which is your gateway into implants. There's an advanced module and there's a mastery module as well. So okay. I'm, I've tried to make it as all encompassing for, 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 for everybody as, as what I possibly can, respecting the fact that some people are going to be drawn towards some areas as opposed to others. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Well, what, what, I, what I'd appreciate then is anyone's interested, um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you uh, to learn more? Because obviously there's a bit, a bit of a wait until uh, this all happens. But yeah. like you said, for those people who are really keen and they, and they love your stuff and they want to learn from you, they, they know that, okay, I want to learn from Pav and that would make sense to, to anyone, I suppose, to, to, to learn from someone with so much experience like yourself, which is amazing. Yeah. But if they're, if they're ready to sort of learn more, how can they reach out to you? So probably the easiest way to reach out at the moment is uh, through Instagram. Uh, send mm -hmm. me a direct message. So you can go to either Dr. Pav Kera, uh, the Dental Implant Podcast, or I've also set up um, uh, the Academy of Implant Excellence. So any any one of the of 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 those three, basically. Um, there is a, a landing page being built, but that, again, that that that's in the yeah. process. So it's. Uh, well, I appreciate you sharing that uh, with, with, with the community. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest way at the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there we are. Uh, recurring themes of mentorship and not falling into a marketing trap and, and just going flat because, like you said, I learned a few things, you know, about 10% are amenable. So I also learned that, you know, 40% for the general dentist, okay, you could do immediates, and uh, there are some intricacies with that. But I like the way that you propose to the young dentist that perhaps even though you could do an immediate in those first few cases, you kind of describe the ideal first few cases and upper molar, out of the smile line. So these are really good nuggets to, to appreciate. So, uh, Pav, thank you so much for, for coming on and discussing this uh, very interesting topic of, of flapless implants. I think we've now uh, debunked another myth there. Uh, so I appreciate your time always, my friend, and uh, all the best with this huge project. I'll, I'll follow up again with you in uh, about six, six, six to eight months and uh, see yeah. how it's all going. But um, I can I'm see so now excited. how much work you have ahead of you. But yeah, very exciting because I know this is your passion. This is your, this is your, this is your real project yeah. that you love so much. So uh, I know you'll do justice to it. Thank you. Thank you so much.